What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Squad Up, the podcast all about games, games of all kinds. We're talking video games, board games, escape games. If you're playing it, so are we. My name's Eduardo, and I'm the host of this here podcast, and joining me on the squad today, my co-host, you know him, you know him, you love him, it's Peaches. Peaches, what's up, man? Hey, man, sorry, I'm I'm cracking up about that accent you just suddenly had. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, like from, I'm from the South, I can have an accent. I, yeah, but you're you're from so far south that it's basically north, yeah. so it doesn't really count. Well, I'm from farther south than most like the the carib you know what forget it joining us on the squad today we've got a very very special guest a dear friend of both myself and peaches we've got lewis here lewis how you doing buddy hey i'm doing good now we can't let you on the squad without a little bit of initiation and to to, and to bring you in we need you to tell us your top five games of all time go lewis all right, so, so I got I let me tell you that this was painstaking. It took sure. me a while to to get this top five. We wouldn't have the um, you on the show if it wasn't. <laughs> so uh, I got no, I got in no particular order. Pokemon X and Y. Okay. Um. Solid. Then, uh, Undertale. Undertale, really. Um. I put I put Final Fantasy, just but I'm not sure which one. Okay, because <laughs> uh, I started off with eight. That was my very first Final Fantasy, but I think my favorite is actually six. It's just I, I keep going back and forth, honestly. And then my top two favorite games, which has been my top two favorite games since I played them: Metal Gear Solid Three and Legend of Dragoon at number one. Legend of Dragoon. Now. I have never played Legend of Dragoon. Peaches, what about you? I have never heard of Legend of Dragoon. So, Lewis, how about it, you give us a little 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 taste of what Legend of Dragoon is all about? Um, it's a very weird RPG came out I think a year after Final Fantasy Seven. Uh it's basically like medieval times. There's there's dragons and stuff and there's these group of heroes that harness the powers of dragons and they get like cool armor and stuff to like save the world is there a buffet a buffet yeah you said it's like medieval times oh my goodness is there jousting uh yes actually there was a scene with jousting oh well i want to play it now yeah me too it, i'd want to play it more if it had a buffet but i'd still want to play it agreed uh, <laughs> so let's talk about a couple of the other games on your list lewis you had a uh, pokemon x and y i've played pokemon yeah. y uh fantastic game fantastic it really kind of uh i think brought forth narrative in pokemon games which hadn't been sort of a thing i guess ruby and sapphire had a little bit more narrative but i think x and y really kind of crossed that that bridge not to mention graphically it's the it's kind of the the next evolution of the Pokemon game. Definitely. Um, I honestly, I had a hard time picking one. I was originally gonna say Ruby and Sapphire. I had a lot of good memories with that. The reason I picked X and Y is because you know, you know, the stories a lot of people have with like 
red and blue and gold and silver where they're all with their friends and yeah. they have like a little community of friends. Well, I didn't really have that when I was playing those games. Sure. I was usually by myself. It wasn't until X and Y that like I was living, I was uh, up here in with my girlfriend's family. I was visiting. We got the games. We were all playing. All my friends were online. Those a lot of we're doing a lot of trading we're doing a lot of battling so like that was my like real introduction into the community of pokemon you know it's interesting that i think all three of us had at least one of those community building games on our list i had world of warcraft you had uh, pokemon peaches you had guitar hero was that your community building game you would say I would count it as community building, yeah. I played it to show off in front of a lot of my high school friends. <laughs> you see, I did the same thing, but with a real guitar. Yeah, Eduardo, well, at least I don't have a show on YouTube. Yeah, well, not all of us can be as cool as me, all right? All right, we're going to jump Wait, in. Wait, do you, do you actually play the guitar? Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, nice. Oh, thanks, man. Listen, you can't play the bass rift of Seven Nation Army and say that you play <laughs> guitar. Why not? Actually, I don't know. That's fair. <laughs> All right, well, here's a little of this. Waluigi time. Jumping into the news this week, there's going to be a Star Wars open world game, apparently, at EA. Um, so there's a job listing on, I think, LinkedIn uh, to look for a lead developer to, deli- uh, to d- <laughs> deliver an online feature for a Star Wars, o- Star Wars open world project. Um, it seems to be that this is coming from the ashes of that uh, Visceral Studios game that Amy Hennig was um, heading. Uh, and the idea of an open world Star Wars like online game that's not Star Wars The Old Republic sounds pretty cool, but I'm a little skeptical after the whole Battlefront thing that EA can pull it off. I think you sounded really excited about this prospect. I am excited because it's Star Wars, right? So I'm like excited because I hearing the word Star Wars, but then I'm thinking about it and being like Battlefront and then I get significantly less excited. Uh, I'm kind of holding my breath on this one. After reading that article, I, I like the idea that, you know, someone's found a job listing and they're kind of linking it to this possible Star Wars thing. But we've had so many Star Wars games kind of come and go. And the most recent disappointment with Battlefront has kind of got everybody like feeling meh about Star Wars games at the moment. So maybe I'll be wrong. But right now I'm just going to keep holding my breath. Lewis, I'm definitely under the same umbrella. I'm I'm definitely holding my breath. Um, it seems from my me guessing, it seems like they're trying to copy like what Destiny did, but with just Star Wars, just have like that live service type game, and they can really screw that up. So it, I'm holding my breath. Isn't that necessarily what every studio is trying to do at this point, right? Like, as it goes in waves, at first it was DLC. Every game needed to have DLC, that it needed to have extra content afterwards. Then it was every game needs to have um, a multiplayer mode. So games that like Uncharted that had no business having a multiplayer mode, all of a sudden has multiplayer. And then you whoa, have this whoa. like... slow your roll, Eduardo. <laughs> Uncharted. Listen, Uncharted 2 multiplayer was super fun. All right. Did you play it? No, because I had an Xbox 360 like every other sane person. 
That's messed up. Why would I play anything but Halo and Gears of War? Well, it was fun. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, but it's not what the game is. I mean, it's just that that idea that they're like stuffing this into things where it doesn't belong and you can continue that with these sort of like microtransaction heavy uh like persistent games so think shadow of war recently came out and it had this weird persistent world thing that it did at the end of the game where the game didn't really end even though it was a single player experience but they needed to monetize it somehow so they needed to make you pay for loot boxes to finish the game sort of and it was super weird and it seems like that's kind of a trend where games will be like oh that's making money let's do that i mean but i guess that's just uh like capitalism at its finest right i mean i can't i can't argue with that point that's very clear that micro transactions and that sort of thing are becoming much more popular which is annoying i kind of with this star wars thing though i too lewis thought that maybe it was like a skin of destiny but star wars um, but I also thought maybe it could be like a World of Warcraft thing. And if it were a World of Warcraft thing, do you think it would bring in more people than if it were like a Destiny clone? It's hard to say because uh, I don't think EA would take on such a monumental like project this late into it because they already spent so much money on you know Amy Hennig's Star Wars just to cancel it, and now they're trying to you know salvage what they you know all that money they spent well i mean this is i mean i don't work at ea so this is what i'm just assuming uh but i would think it'd be it wouldn't be that monumental of a project but if they did do something like that i'd be on board i I think a lot of people would be very happy to see like a huge open world with all the different planets and just living the star wars lore like that yeah but ea isn't blizzard right they can't take a game like titan who which like ended up crumbling and failing and pump out overwatch right they can't i don't have faith in ea as a studio to be able to do that and on the the mmo point that already exists star wars the old republic is already a game right um, yeah, but it's not an MMO in the sense that it's it's not at the level of World of Warcraft. That's kind of what I was thinking could be a possibility because the services that this article mentions, which by the way, obviously this is like a rumor upon rumor article. So we're just completely speculating. Here. Right. But it says services featuring matchmaking and asynchronous interactions and live services and server host migration. All of those things could be a destiny game with the star wars skin could also be a massively multiplayer online rpg the thing is it's weird to think about because they have anthem coming out right anthem is supposed to be that destiny type game that they have that ea has up the pipeline ready to come out um so why would they also have a star wars game that they're working on with a similar premise that i don't know it confuses me it's hard to say exactly what they're they're going for without knowing what this game is gonna be because again we're going off of rumors off of rumors yeah but i do think that ea likes to follow trends more than any other big company and the trend right now really is those live services i think the trend was those live services a year ago but i think we're moving past it into our next topic 
Battle Royales. It's another week, and we've got another Fortnite story. Isn't that amazing? Uh, so, <laughs> Fortnite um, YouTube stats are off the charts. So, a couple weeks ago, little, little Drake and, and Ninja do a little stream, get 600,000 concurrent viewers, and then some guy on YouTube is like, oh, okay, okay, l- l- let me show you what I can do. And uh, is, he, is he Lil Drake now? Does he go by Lil Drake? Yeah, Lil Drake. That's awesome. Yeah, Drizzy. A little Drizzy. Um, Bow Wow is so proud of him. <laughs> uh, God, you're white. Um, so, <laughs> the, the I like Guilty. lost my train of thought. So there were... Uh, there was a massive battle royale that was hosted by a bunch of Fortnite YouTubers that went live. And it had 1.1 million concurrent viewers. Which is insane. It was the single biggest gaming stream from a creator of all time on any platform. Ninja broke the Twitch record, but this was the highest of any platform ever. That's insane. Can you imagine 1.1 million people watching you do anything? No, I'd be really stressed out about it. Yeah. What were you saying, Lewis? I was I was I was just saying that's the type of numbers that you get from like huge events like League of Legends tournaments and Dota tournaments and stuff like that. But they're just doing a, a random event and one million people are just like, Yeah, that sounds like a good watch. Right. I agree. Um it's interesting that that Fortnite for one which was another game that was spawned out of the failed ashes of a game right so Fortnite was this like passion project that Epic had they were tired of making the same game over and over again so they tried to to make something something a little bit more that they wanted to and so they made this like survival game called Fortnite and that game never really took off um and I think it's still technically in open beta and or early access, I guess it's called. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Um, and then they released this battle royale mode that is very, very clearly a ripoff of PUBG, right? Like they even in the promotions when the game came out, they're like, "It's like PUBG, but different." Um, <laughs> and this game has just taken off, and it is everywhere everywhere we were just watching ninja a little while ago and some guy donated like twenty thousand dollars to him and i don't think there is any other game where that i think that would have happened and i it it begs the question have battle royale games taken the place of mobas have they become the the form or the game the game type of the the casual gamer how do you want to get into this (laughs) yeah so because because I, I disagree. I like, I like the way the what you're saying though is what it could be the the game type of the casual gamer. Um, because it's it has such a low barrier of entry, right? Especially Fortnite, because Fortnite is it has more of those cartoony physics, uh, and less of the realism of PUBG, and it's free to play. So it has a lot, uh, it has a, a very low barrier of entry compared to something like more competitive, like League of Legends, that's also really popular. 
Right, even compared to PUBG, it has a significantly lower barrier to entry. Not just with physics and mechanics and all of that, but also price. It's free. It is absolutely free. Um, But let's take this all the way from the beginning. So, this episode, we're talking all about MOBAs. MOBAs from the very beginning, and we're going to debate whether or not Battle Royales have taken the helm of MOBAs have, have, have now become, like, the game. So, uh, we're going to start all the way back at the beginning at the, the inception of the MOBA. 2002, a little uh, game called... I'm sorry, Yo, what? I am chiming in right here. Is that okay? Can yeah, I do that? No, that's fine. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. I'm asking you permission to interrupt you. I mean, I think you've that's, already started it, so you can go ahead. You already interrupted. That's the, most, right, the most Canadian thing that I can do. I just want to throw this in real quick. 1998, there's a game called Aeon of Strife. Aeon, Ion. It's A-E-I-O-N of Strife. Uh, this dude, Aeon64, modded StarCraft to kind of act as a push down the lane with just your team and take the enemy's bases. And that is what started MOBAs. Interesting. Sure. Now, moving on. Moving on, because as the rest of the world recognizes it, Warcraft 3 releases <laughs> in 2002. And there is a mod that comes out for Warcraft 2 that popularizes the MOBA genre in a way that has never been seen before with anything else. Ever. <laughs> ever. In 2003, a little mod comes out called Defense of the Ancients, or, shortened down, Dota. Now, Dota um, is is a mod for Warcraft 3, but gains this huge following to the point where um, Dota becomes one of the most popular, if not the most popular, um, free, non-supported game mod in the world. And... It starts to have um, its own tournaments at BlizzCon, and Blizzard is 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 kind of backing it, but they're they're a little unsure because it at at the time they have this little tiny little game called World of Warcraft that they're working on to how Fortnite is now. Um, so League of Legends releases, um, uh, Riot Games has. I think at its peak had more than 32.5 million players. Um, We got many who play monthly, daily, and things like that. Um, League of Legends becomes the number one title in Korean PC cafes. And if we know anything is that competitive gaming is sort of driven by the Korean market. So whatever Korea is playing is basically what the, what the, the high competitive world is playing. Um, other companies try to jump jump aboard, right? So Valve is the next one to try to really, really get another another big MOBA out, and they come out with Dota 2. They get the rights to Dota, um, and they come out with Dota 2. And then you got Blizzard uh, holding up the rear, going, oh, hang on, we want to do one too. Hang on a sec, guys. Remember us? We started this whole thing. This is all just a mod from our own game. Uh, and they release a game called Heroes of the Storm. Now, there are several other MOBAs that were released during this time, but the, the the main ones that people are still playing to this day are League of Legends, Dota 2, and Heroes of the Storm. Um, several other games were released during this time, Smite, Paragon, Vainglory, Heroes of New Earth, uh, Guardians of Middle-Earth, that awful DC game, Infinite Crisis, so on and so forth. That game um, was really bad. Yeah, uh... <laughs> 
and lots and lots and lots of these games just very quickly hit the market are live for a couple months and die because that's sort of the trend, right? And I'm assuming we're going to see the same trend with Battle Royales. Now that begs the question, with Battle Royales getting the monumental popularity that they are right now, is the MOBA genre dying and have Battle Royales taken the helm of more popularity and as sort of the next big thing in gaming? I have a very complicated answer to your question. Decide who goes first. Lewis, please go first. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, when it comes to uh, MOBAs dying, I have to I have to disagree. Well, I didn't say they were. I just asked a question. Uh, okay. Well, I don't think they're dying. I think... Uh, we've hit a point where maybe they've slowed down in growth very significantly. And I don't think that necessarily means they're dying. Because if you look at League of Legends, it's still like at least number three behind PUBG and and Fortnite. And it's consistently there. Um, We still have millions of players playing. You still have tons of content on YouTube being uploaded. Um, I most of my time on MOBAs have been on League of Legends, and I don't see it dying per se. The community is really active. Um, I do think that the the lesser MOBAs are really gonna disappear. Um, so I think the only ones that are really gonna survive are gonna be League, uh, Dota, Hots, and uh, and Smite. Uh, those are pretty much the most popular ones. I, I do see Smite a lot on Twitch, uh, pretty high up there. Um, but we are seeing a new a new uh, genre coming to the forefront uh, that a lot of people, uh, like millions, obviously, of people are playing. Uh, the thing I'm, I still, uh, sorry, I'm, um, the still the thing I that I think is yet to be seen is whether it'll survive as long as MOBAs because what's really carried MOBAs is its competitive scene, but battle royales really can't be made into esports as easily as MOBAs because MOBAs are meant to be competitive, while battle royales you have that sense of like randomness or you can land somewhere and you can find nothing or you can find you know the best guns in the game and i think that doesn't really suit tournament play very well so unless something changes in the genre itself i don't think it'll 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 survive as long I'm going to play devil's advocate here in a sec, but I want to hear what Peaches has to say because I believe he's going to agree with you. Go ahead, Peaches. That's pretty accurate. I I thought I had a complicated response, but Lewis had my response. But like, I want to think about it more too from, we, we talked about in episode one and a little bit in the second episode about how over time gaming has become more acceptable for people that, are and are not nerds, et cetera, et cetera. To some degree, everybody loves gaming at this point. And it's tough to ask the question, 
is one genre going to beat out another one because it's popular when this battle royale style game has only been around for less than a year and the MOBA style games have been around since technically 1998. So they've got a lot of groundwork that they've already set and a lot of people that have been into that for a long time. Um, if you kind of take a look at the history of all of that and you really dig deep, um, there's just there's just so much popularity within these games. League of Legends, when it came out, it won and was nominated for a bunch of awards from like 2009 all the way till like 2014. It was nominated. It won Best Online Game of the Year uh, for the Golden Joysticks in 2010. It won Best Free-to-Play Game in 2011, which, by the way, League of Legends being a free-to-play game, I will argue to the end of time as far as MOBAs go, that is why that is the reigning supreme MOBA at the moment. It's because they allowed everybody to play it for free, which, you know, hey, free's great. I'm going to go try your game because it's free. And from there... People just, they were hooked on it. Um, anyways, this game gets released, gets all these rewards. Um, in 2011, like you said, they had accumulated 32.5 million players. Like 11 and a half of those million play monthly. 4.2 play daily. 4.2 million people are playing your game daily in 2011. Do you know what that was to, in 2014? Take a guess at how many daily league players 2014, because that's the last time that Riot released any of this information. Probably Price is right rules. Don't pro- go over. Probably a lot, 15 right? million. Say 69. 15 million. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Eduardo, what's your guess? <laughs> uh, 69. Wow. <laughs> 69 you guys, people. You guys are... Oh, not million, just 69. Nope, just 69. I'm going low. One dollar. One dollar, Bob. Okay, well, Eduardo, you were closest. Well done. 27 million people daily playing League of Legends in 2014. I said 15 million. Now, you said 59. <laughs> he said 15. And anytime we're going to listen to this, he's going to have said 15, and you're going to listen to it again, and you're going to hear 15. (laughs) That's fine. The point is, 27 million people in 2014 play it daily. Now, it's speculated that those numbers have, yes, gone down a little bit, but if you compare that to right now, 2018, Fortnite has 3.4 million concurrent players on any given day. And PUBG has 3.2 million concurrent players on every given, any given day. You're looking at almost four times that amount four years ago for League of Legends. So the, the way I see this is because MOBAs have had a long time to marinate with people, they've had a long time to grab the following of people that they have and develop into the kind of games that the players want to play. I think they still have a leg up and I don't think that they're going to be outshined by battle Royale games because I still think it's too close to call if, and I know that that's a phrase that triggers you, but it's too close to call. (laughs) It's just, it's just not fair to analyze something that has um, had such a long stretch of history to something that is wildly popular right now. Cause we don't know in a month, maybe the, battle royale fad will die 
And I'm not saying I want it to. I think the games are fine. But to Lewis's point, as far as broadcasting goes, when you watch a game of League of Legends or HOTS, there have been programmers that have worked really hard on making these spectator modes. So you can kind of look down at the map and watch a little bit of everything at once. When you, when you watch people play Fortnite or PUBG, you're just kind of watching one guy. And then if they die, it switches over to the next guy. I, I personally, I mean, other people might have a different opinion to this, but I personally have more fun watching a live broadcast or recorded broadcast, whatever, of a MOBA than I do watching a Battle Royale. So maybe as far as viewership goes, something in MOBA's favor as well. But I just think it's too close to to kind of say that one will out outgrow the other, you know? Okay. Let me start by saying I think your argument is gonna be the basis of my argument. So I think I like that. I think that battle royales are going to take over, and I think for the same reasons that you're saying, um, I think it's not fair to 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 compare 2011 Riot Games uh, three years after the release of League of Legends with first year of um, Fortnite, but I think it is fair to compare first year of League of Legends to first year of Fortnite. Now, I don't have those numbers on me, but I would assume that they're fairly comparable, right? Um, I would I would bet money on them say, of there being... Because, I mean, in 2011, um, 4.2 people played daily, which is what you... What did we say with uh, Fortnite? It was 3 million people play daily? Right now, is as of a little less than a week ago, the last statistics on this that were released... Fortnite has in their battle royale mode, not in the zombie. Yeah, no one cares about stupid that. mode. <laughs> right, three point four million concurrent. So at any given moment, there are roughly three point four million people playing Fortnite. Right, so three point four versus four point two, um, which is what it was in two thousand eleven, and that's after three years. Now, you said something that was very true about League of Legends, that League of Legends got people by being free. And that is the exact same thing Fortnite has done. It has grabbed people by saying, hey, here's this free product. Um, also, I believe that Fortnite has a better monetization strategy than any other free-to-play game out there right now. They've got that battle pass that they have, and it is, in my opinion, the best monetization strategy or the most consumer-friendly monetization strategy um, in the industry. And I think the last point that I'm going to make is the same point that you were making. Um, League of Legends and all of these games have several years to mature and to get in and to feed them themselves into people and to continue to sort of be that game for them. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, Peaches. Yeah. When was the last time you played League of Legends? That is an unfair question because no, 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 you know no. the answer. Answer the question. When was the last time you played League of Legends? Uh, I guess it is a fair question. I probably played a real game so summoner's rift True. i'm not going to count a ram because that's pretty much all i i started playing after a certain point in league uh, my last summoner's rift game was probably over a year ago and why haven't you played because i don't like the toxic community <laughs> that is the honest answer 
Absolutely. So there could be that answer. There could be, and let me tell you that Fortnite doesn't have the same problem um, because it's not a team-based game. Now I will give you that it is less watchable as far as an esport is concerned. I think MOBAs have a really, really great model for esports that, to be fair, comes from StarCraft, right? That top-down, isometric view um, that that is so easy to watch um, and to sort of understand what's going on, specifically with MOBAs, because you have one character and, or, or a couple characters you can watch. It's very easy to pick up what's going on. I think that's the reason the Overwatch League is, is kind of having some, some struggles right now, because they do not... Um, following that game can be kind of difficult, especially if you don't know the characters and what they do. Um, I will give you that it is more watchable, but I will also say that its tenure is going to be its downfall. It's old, man. And it's it's weird to say that, but it's an old game now. I mean, and that's just in video game years. It's not old because I don't think, you know, what is it? It came out in 2009, so nine years is, is very old. I don't think not, a nine-year-old is old, but I think in video game terms, it's very old. And I think there's a lot of players that have fatigue. They are tired of MOBAs. They've been playing MOBAs for the past nine years. Um... Now, does that mean they're not going to jump back into it? Absolutely not. I still jump back into World of Warcraft, and I've been playing that longer than nine years. Um, Nerd. I know. I can't help it. Um, but I think that fatigue is when it's, what's going to sort of bring um, MOBAs down and eventually lead the Battle Royale to become that big, big thing. Now, let me start, let me finish this by saying. I like MOBAs better than I like Battle Royale games. I am awful at Fortnite. I don't like the campy nature at Fortnite. I'm a very, like, when I play video games, in-your-face kind of... I like to just jump in and just be in the middle of it. I don't like cat games. I don't like hide-and-seek. I just want to be like, here we are, here you are, here I am. Let's just beat each other up. Um, So maybe that says something about me. But I'm just not a huge fan of the Battle Royale games. But I do think that the world has, has... sort of gravitated to them and that they'll continue to sort of flourish. Yeah, that's fair. Lewis, you have anything on that before I, I fire back at Eduardo? <laughs> um, I think you make a, a good argument there. I, I do uh, believe that battle Royales, uh, they, they very much appeal to a, a a wider audience than uh, MOBAs do. And I think that's one of the main reasons why they're so huge right now. Um, I can't 100% agree with you, though. Uh, Like I said, the RNG nature of of Battle Royales and the... It doesn't have a very uh, inviting spectator mode. I don't, like I said, unless something changes within the genre, I don't think it's going to survive as long as MOBAs did. Now, I do believe that for at least a little while, they're going to take over MOBAs for sure. There's going to be a huge influx. Uh, like we already have, I think GTA made a battle royale game. And I think the next, I think DICE said they were making a battle royale mode in their next game. Um, there was, there's going to be a huge influx of of battle royale. So we'll, I think within the next couple of years is, is when we're really going to see the lasting power of 
the genre in general. That's fair. There's there's a lot of stuff within the Battle Royale games that is kind of static right now. And to go back to that point, I think that League and other MOBAs, etc., they do a good job of kind of keeping up with updates, changing characters, adding characters, sometimes adding new maps. Right now, and again, on the other side of this argument, on the other side of my part of this argument, it's also too early for me to say that they're not going to come up with new content, right? Because absolutely, at some point, they're going to have multiple maps, probably, for for PUBG, for Fortnite, so that it's not the same map over and over. They've already been talking about that, right? No, there is a new... There's already another PUBG map. There's two PUBG maps and they're coming out with a third one and Epic is working on a second Fortnite map. So perfect. So that's good. That's catering to your audience. That's allowing them to keep that content fresh. Although the game, the core mechanics of the game will still be the same. I think in a way games like league have the upper hand there because while the core mechanics of the game also stay the same when they add upgrades, league is not like you can't just jump into league and play it. That's one of its problems, but also something that makes it great. There are so many different characters to choose from in league of legends. And when you jump right into the game, you're going to pick one that you probably think looks cool. Probably Yaoso, because you're a jerk <laughs> and you're going to, you're going to throw your wind blade everywhere and you're going to miss all your skill shots, but it's cool. Cause you're a samurai, right? Yeah. But you have to, in addition to learning whatever character you're going to play in League of Legends, any MOBA, you have to learn every other character in the game. Because if you don't know what anybody can do to you at any given point, you you don't have defense. You can't defend against what they're doing. PUBG, Fortnite, you know that guy has a gun or a rocket launcher or something that I have to avoid. He's going to shoot me. I have to shoot him back. End of story. If I can build a tower of wooden stairs faster than him, maybe I'm better. But at the end of the day, you've got a firearm and I've got a firearm and who's going to win? I think that's one reason that it's easier for people to get in to these Battle Royale games. But it's also something that gives more depth to the MOBAs because it's just something that you you learn over time and it's fun to learn. It can be frustrating at times if there's if you're overloaded with information, but it adds so much depth every time a new character is added because there's so many things that can happen to that character on offense, on defense, what items you're going to buy for them, that sort of thing. Um, Also, to your comment of the amount of viewers that we've had in this short amount of time, I still think it's worth discussing somehow maybe in the future of at, at this point in time with the amount of people that are ex- think video games are acceptable, is that number compared? Can you compare those numbers? You know, it's like inflation with money. Like is 3.4 million concurrent in Fortnite today, roughly the same or higher or lower than 4.2 million in 2011 for league of legends. We, I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I really do kind of agree with both of you. And I don't think um, Fortnite or PUBG will ever will ever 
sort of climb the global scale that League of Legends has. I think in the American market, sure, Fortnite and PUBG are doing fantastic because we're America, yeah. Um, but I don't think Guns. right. I don't think it'll do as well in the the Asian markets. I don't think it'll do as well, and specifically in Europe, they don't they don't love that 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 genre. Um, let me not say that. Let me not just include an entire continent. Not say they don't like it, but I just don't see it. I just don't see it lasting. Right? Um, there goes our European viewers. Yeah, all two of them. Um, no, we really do have two European listeners. It's amazing, um, but I don't think it has the the same lasting power. Now, Fortnite. I think has set itself apart with its building mechanic because that you can iterate on and you can really flesh that out probably more. And I think that's what sort of sets it apart and what really gives it that depth uh, as far as battle royales go, which is why I think it's doing better than PUBG and why it's going to take over PUBG and PUBG is eventually not going to be, you know, the cat's meow anymore. I think Fortnite's already there, but I don't think, battle royales have that lasting power unless Fortnite can find a way to iterate on its own product the way that MOBAs have. MOBAs, because of their character system, have a way to keep the game fresh over a long period of time. Um, And to its credit, Fortnite is doing that right now. They're pumping out content every day. They've got more guns. They've got uh, maps. They've added to their map uh, a ton. And so we'll see how it is in the future, but I do think that um, I do think that battle royales have a long road to climb if they wanna do wanna reach the top. Now let me once again say I was playing devil's advocate earlier. I do agree with both of you, um, but I, you know there's still there could be an argument for battle royales at least having the limelight right now. I you, man, you don't have to agree with us. It's okay. Oh, I do. I agree because I just kind of don't love. Battle Royales, like I play them. I play Fortnite every once in a while, but man, I'm just awful at it. I mean, 99 people in every game are awful at it. So yeah, you're it's not, not just you, man. You're not, you're not alone. alone. Yeah. You know what? I think if if nothing else, if PUBG and Fortnite had all the same mechanics and all the same weapons and all the same XYZ, Fortnite's still going to come out ahead because it's free. And that's just how it works. No, yeah, I think you're right. I think Fortnite is free, and that's why it's dominating the Battle Royale genre. But this episode's all about MOBAs. We're going to talk all about them. We're going to talk about our history with MOBAs. Peaches, now, we know you're a League of Legends boy, but when did you first start playing MOBAs? Um, I played Dota when it was not very popular at all. Um, when it was oh, first at, coming out, I had a land party hipster with Peaches over here. I played MOBAs before they were cool. Yeah. I'm I'm a bit of a Dota hipster, you know. <laughs> Not really. I played like two games of Dota ever at a LAN party in high school. Um, when LAN parties still needed to exist if you wanted to play a game at the same time as your friends. Right. And I thought it was fun, but I had no clue what I was doing. Later in life, when League of Legends came out, um, I was kind of late to the party on League. All my friends that I had been playing video games with in high school. We're already playing League for a long time, so I was that guy that came in and was the one that was feeding all the time and thinking that you could just jump into fights. Um, eventually, you learn what you can and can't do. Uh, you have to be super patient in League of Legends, and that was hard for me to learn. But I played it for a good while. Probably played it from, I want to say, 
probably 2012 until I guess you could technically say that I, I still sometimes play it now if I play an ARAM. Um, but mostly been with Heroes of the Storm lately, playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm instead. Lewis, what about you? What's your history with Mobus? Well, I started with League. Uh, I actually played League in like 2010-ish. I don't really remember. It was really early on. And uh, I played like two or three games. I absolutely hated it because I could not figure out what to do. And I stopped playing up until uh, the month after Vi had come out in League of Legends. I remember, or it was like a week or so. I remember because she was the login screen when I first logged on. And uh, I, I've basically been playing ever since. That's the game I have, the MOBA I have the absolute most time on. Most of my friends played it. Um, I spent way too much money on that game, at least $500 on that game. Um, Ooh, pour one out for Lewis. <laughs> and, yeah, it's... I, I played a lot of... I, I still play a lot of League. Um, I think my last game was in December, but it was only because my internet's really bad up here. Um, but I've also played a lot of Smite, a lot of HOTS, uh, Here's the Storm, uh, a lot of Paragon, or a decent amount of Paragon, I would say. Uh, but I also played uh, Dawngate and Infinite Crisis. But with Infinite Crisis, the only reason I wanted to play it is because there was a Wonder Woman that had a chainsaw, and I loved it. <laughs> so that's the only character I played. That sounds that super is, dope. That's very against her character. Yeah. Yeah. It was, was it one a... of the alternate universe Wonder Woman. Yeah, was it a chainsaw of truth? I don't know. What, I if, it, know what if it was an invisible chainsaw? <laughs> That's that, the game I, mean, I want to play. Wouldn't that defeat the purpose? Wouldn't you still hear the... No, you don't know where it's coming from. She could be mining. I guess, I guess she could just be making the noise like... <laughs> walking around with nothing. <laughs> wow, that's a realistic chainsaw noise, Wonder Woman. Um, you guys are weird. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so... With me, I did not stay at, start playing MOBAs until, uh, what, two years ago? Was it two years ago, Peaches, that you introduced me to League of Legends, maybe? Yeah, it was two or three, and sorry. <laughs> yeah, so two or three <laughs> years ago, Peaches introduces me to League of Legends, and I start um, getting a little obsessive about the game i play it constantly um and then i start to notice a little a little bit about the community the community is not necessarily the uh the friendliest bunch of bunch of little kiddos on there um i don't think i've ever seen someone use such language at me as someone has in league of legends it's pretty funny actually i to think about it but um there were a few reasons why i stopped playing uh, one was the the time commitment yeah, the time commitment was just a little too much for me. Um, it, it, the games lasted about 40 minutes, so like for 40 minutes you're essentially just stuck in front of the computer, and it was a little a little too much for me. Um, so I, I looked for something else, and I found Heroes of the Storm, um, and we've been playing it ever since, in my opinion, and maybe I'll uh, maybe we'll set up another debate here. Heroes of the Storm is objectively 
the best MOBA out right now. Um, let me say Ooh. that. Let me say that by saying that I've played League of Legends. Yesterday, I even played a little bit of Dota 2, and man, that game is ugly, and I couldn't continue playing it. But I will say that I think Heroes of the Storm is the best MOBA on the market. I think it has the best characters. I think it's the most unique. I enjoy that there are multiple maps, and I think that just because League of Legends is popular and struck the iron first is why it's still popular today, and I think if uh, Heroes of the Storm would have come out in the time that League of Legends did, it would be that game that is everywhere. Man, you're very passionate about that opinion. I am. I can't fully disagree with you i'm surprised that i'm saying this oh right wow now. no i was no i was expecting you to disagree no way i'm sorry i i can't set up better banter with that but when you when you think about it obviously we have the gift of hindsight right now sure you're you're not wrong about the length of a league of legends game that's one reason when i play lol that i usually stick with arams now um the main reasons it's usually a 20 minute game instead of 40 ish and when you play ARAM, for those of you that have not played League of Legends or ARAM at all, um, ARAM stands for all random, all mid. So in these games, you have usually three lanes, a top lane, a middle lane, and a bottom lane, and everybody kind of divides up with their characters and you know gameplay, blah, blah. In all random, all mid, there's just one lane. So it's 5v5 in the same lane. Everybody's character choice is randomized, so you have no control for the most part of who you're playing. I like that because not nobody expects anybody to be good at the character they're playing in ARAM because it's randomized. So it takes a lot of the pressure off, and typically the people are less toxic in that mode. Um, but I think that the length of time in Heroes of the Storm, those games on their own, their regular game is about 20 minutes as well. So it's got the upper hand there. And I think that you get punished far less in Heroes of the Storm for making mistakes. Heroes of the Storm, they're both team games, but if the way that experience gain is, is acquired and how you kill the minions as a team, it's just far less punishing when you mess up. When you mess up in League of Legends, you can mess up one time and that's the game. Here's the storm. It feels like you have a much better chance of coming back with your team as long as you can play together. I agree, Lewis. What's your take on this debate? I, I kind of have to. I all right. So I don't think here's the storm is the best. Um, just because you guys have these experience, you guys keep saying you have these experiences with toxic community my experiences with toxic community was in heroes of the storm i've never had such toxic games as i did in heroes of the storm um i do think when it comes to quality of moba i think heroes of the storm is probably the second best i love league of legends i think uh the mechanics of League of Legends uh, make it a bit more in-depth than Heroes of the Storm. Uh, although there are things in Heroes of the Storm that, like, I, I guess I could say scratch my itch of in, uh better than League. Like, uh, with Heroes of the Storm, I could just jump in there, you know, like, that I don't have to worry about uh, 
farming and I don't have to worry about like all these little things. I just have to worry about getting in there, performing my role and trying to win the game, you know? But uh, I just, I just, when it comes to like, I guess I would say pride, um, like I feel more proud of outplaying someone in League of Legends than I do in Heroes of the Storm. So like I have these, I may have less of these momentary like bursts of high, you know, like, oh my God, this is an awesome thing. But with League of Legends, they're definitely a lot bigger. Like when I, when I go in there and I like just do like this big play, like I pick like, I don't know, like Malphite or something and I just throw my ultimate, I get all five people. It feels so good compared to Heroes of the Storm where... I generally just play Samuro, and although I do big plays there, it's I, – I don't think it's as uh, – how should I say this without uh, – maybe, like, as deserved because the game is just – like, there's a lower barrier of entry. So it's easier to do these big plays and stuff, you know? Uh, so – I do love Heroes of the Storm. It's definitely my second favorite MOBA, but I think I just think League of Legends is better, honestly. Now, let me counter you with that. So, I I do agree that we're all shaped by the experiences we have in these games, and if you had a negative experience playing Heroes, then it makes sense why you would you would enjoy League better. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's what your friends play, right? So, like, the, all the games that we talked about are all very social games. They're social experiences. So if your friends are playing League, guess what? You're playing League. If your friends are playing HOTS, you're playing HOTS. Whatever, whatever your friends are playing, a lot of the times is what you're going to be playing. These games are meant to be played um, with multiple people in mind. And uh, I don't think that League does a bad job of that. But now, what I do think is, I think that, I think Heroes does does a better job of it. I think the 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 development team is more upfront. They are more, and this is all in a vacuum, you know, comparatively to League of Legends, right? Because Heroes of the Storm at this point doesn't exist without League of Legends, um, because. I mean, realistically, if League wouldn't have come out, Blizzard wouldn't have made a MOBA. Nobody would have made a MOBA, right? Um, nobody would have really capitalized on Dota. I mean, maybe eventually they would have, if, if Dota had continued the, on the train that it was, somebody would have. Um, but realistically, Blizzard and Heroes of the Storm specifically does not exist without League of Legends to, to kind of compare itself to and differentiate itself from. Um, now, I don't think... League of Legends does a bad job of, of, of what it does, but I do think, and I 100% believe this, that they are they are coasting, they are resting on the success that they have, and I think for them to continue to be the dominant force that they are, they need to iterate and really sort of, um, sort of start to to, to innovate on on their model and on on how they do things and how they they approach character creation um honestly the past couple league of legends characters have been the most vanilla type characters i have ever seen in my entire life they're all basically the same as like there's like 80 carry girl she's an 80 carry and she can also teleport but that's basically what three other characters do already and you know i i think as far as um character um 
as far as character diversity goes, Heroes hasn't beaten. Also, you gotta, there's gotta be some points in it for being Blizzard, for being that Blizzard legacy, right? Having those Blizzard characters, that beloved fan base. That's probably the only reason Heroes is still alive right now, right? Uh, I will say that when it comes to, like, just characters in general, uh, there, it, it feels a lot. Uh, Heroes kind of has League B in that front, just because. We have, like, I can play my Overwatch characters. I can play Samurai, which I fell in love with. I can play, like, a bunch of these characters that I know from. It's basically the Super Smash Brothers of Blizzard, which is amazing. And I can, that's probably the main reason why it's still alive. I will say, though, that um, I think League is in a precarious spot right now because if you look at Season 6 and Season and I believe we're in season seven right now. Um, if you look at what they've added to the game, there's actually they actually changed a lot about the game. They have like these plants that they added. They have the dra- the new dragons, the new baron, the new rift herald. They have uh, a lot of the characters starting from Azir onward start to be a lot more complex when of what you can do with them. A lot of they start reworking a lot of the new champions to make them more uh, diverse, so you can have more fun with them. But if, I think if they change too much, they'll start looting their core audience, which is why I think they're not doing this like all at once. Because if you look at the current season, they change completely the runes and mastery system, and you can make an argument that it's really not that much of a change. But it kind of is. It does. It it uh, it makes the games feel completely different. Like you can be facing against a misfortune with one a bit with uh, like like arcane comment, or you can have like the same misfortune with a different one, and it'll be almost like two completely different games. And I know that's from a perspective of someone that's played put hundreds of hours into League of Legends, but I think that they are making steps in the right direction that they're changing their game enough so that every new update, you're just like, Oh, a new rework. Like they just, they just reworked Swain and he's completely different. I want to try that out. Or they're about to rework Irelia. You know, I want to try her out and it just keeps making people come back to league. Well, that's kind of like sort of part of the, the eventual problem, right, that League is going to end up having because right now, we kind of touched on this earlier, but right now League, I, I believe, has 140 different champions you can play. That's a lot of different things that you need to learn to successfully play this game. Granted, you'll only be against about five of them at any given moment, so you only really need to know what those five do, but it's probably also beneficial for you to know what your four teammates can do as well as what you can do. But... At some point, when you've got 140 champions and you're trying to add more to like cater to your community so that you don't have the same list of people to play all the time, you're going to end up just having these duplicate characters. You're going to run out of ideas eventually, or you're going to run out of things that you can do in this game as far as attacks, abilities, that sort of thing, and you just get these generic characters where, yeah, we've got 140 of them, but two of them are kind of the same in this category and these three are kind of interchangeable and I think it's cool that they add so many characters, but I just think eventually when they run out, 
that's going to be a big wall for them. No, I I, yeah, I, I can agree with you there that uh, where it's going to be hard for them, especially now. I think when it comes to like duplicate characters, they're trying to get that out because you have a lot of the old characters that actually were duplicate characters. Um, but I think there's a lot less of that now, especially with all the reworks. But eventually they are going to hit a wall where you can only go so deep into a character's mechanics before you just start making crazy characters, you know? Like, even the, the new Irelia looks a bit nuts, you know? She can, like, fly all over the screen and create, like, a cage and stuff. And it's like, like, is this really League anymore? Right. Like, you make it too complicated, and then peop- the skill cap that is required to play that character is so high that you get these people. Like, when Yaoso came out, he was super popular and probably still is. I don't, I don't really know. Um, because I just don't play it as often, but so many people are auto-locking into characters that are cool, but the skill cap is so high that they don't know how to play them, and I don't want League to go that route. I don't want any MOBA to go that route. Like I should be able to play this character because I want to play them without having to worry about having insane hand-eye coordination and every understanding of the game just to play that one character. No, yeah, I agree, and I think... um... I think that's one of the things that gives Heroes of the Storm its strength, right? I think its barrier to entry, um, League of Legends specifically, is one of the things that faults it, and I think the barrier to entry to Heroes of the Storm is better. Now, in a vacuum, you get more stuff in Heroes of the Storm, and you get you know more characters, and you're, you're given more rewards, but I think that's just because it's not the number one MOBA, right? So like, if it was League of Legends, it'd probably give you a little less stuff, because you know, you're not you're not the number one, right? It's like Hearthstone. Hearthstone's the number one um, virtual card game, and they give out the least amount of rewards than any other virtual card game out on the market. That's because they're the top dog, right? They're the ones to beat. Um, And so uh, Heroes has that going for it, but I think specifically it is just an easier game to play. It is an easier thing to just pick up and play. Like if I haven't played for a couple weeks, I can pick up um, a game of Heroes of the Storm no problem. I cannot, without the light for the life of me, pick up a game of League of Legends without having to do at least thirty minutes of research about the meta and everything that's going on, and think that I have any sort of chance at playing the game. Um, and I think that that's that's going to be a problem coming up. But I think we can all agree, and I think I've got all of you, or both of you, on this, or all three of us. Dota sucks. All right. That's going to do it for us. Absolutely. That's going to do it for us this week here on Squad Up. Um, Thank you to everyone that's been listening so far. Uh, I started this project just two weeks ago with Peaches, and we've already had um, tons of outpouring of support from friends and family and anybody listening. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, Lewis, I know you're not super active on social media, so you don't have any plugs, but Peaches, where can folks find you? Yeah, we're going to be streaming... Uh, squad up streams Fridays, roughly like 830, 8, 8.30-ish uh, for a little while each night. So come check us out on Friday nights. Uh, we'll be playing something together. And then, as always, twitch.tv slash peaches. Uh, come check me out on Twitter, peaches, D underscore peaches, sorry. Um, and, yeah, thanks for listening to our podcast so far, guys. It's been really great. Um Please let us know if you have any suggestions, things you want to hear. Um, 
we've already had a few and we've been taking those things to heart. Uh, leave us a, a comment or review, whatever, get in touch with us and we'll, uh, we'll help you out. Yeah. Once again, thanks to everybody. Um, you can find me at Twitter at ABCD Eduardo on Twitch at ABCD Eduardo one. I want to thank Lewis. Thank you, buddy, for being on the show. Um, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And come join us next week where we talk about some other random thing that I haven't decided yet. Bye everybody. Thank <laughs> you.